Welcome to Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur, where I drink, discuss, and discover the world of distilled spirits. I'm your host, Matt Burchard. This is episode 13, and I'm drinking Laird's Applejack. Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur is a podcast where I drink more. I'm exploring the world of distilled spirits, trying a lot of different flavors, and sharing them with you, my listeners. And whether this is your first episode or you've been with me from the start, as a listener, you should expect that I'll be well-researched and educational, also entertaining and consistent in my reviews. I chose Laird's Applejack for episode 13 because this episode will publish on Independence Day weekend here in the United States, and Laird's is a true American spirit. For this episode, I've got a bottle of Laird & Company Applejack. It is the standard 750 milliliter bottle. It's 40% alcohol by volume, making it 80 proof, and it sells for around $20. But before we get to tasting, what is Applejack? Applejack is a blend of apple brandy and a neutral grain spirit. For this episode, I'll admit I am not opening the bottle for the first time. In fact, I had to save some. I'm down to the last two fingers or so in the bottle. So let's open this up. Applejack, again, is in a 750 milliliter bottle. It's got a plastic screw cap, comes with a heat-shrinked plastic topper on it you've got to take off. My bottle in particular, I was able to get in a box, and it's a Laird's Applejack, a smooth blend. So that's nice. You'll see some photos of the box on Instagram and Facebook. And let's go for a pour. As always, I'm tasting the spirit neat. I'm using a nosing glass, which is a tulip-shaped glass used for whiskey, typically. It allows the aromas of the spirit to gather up at the top and give you a good nosing of it. And on the nose, Laird's Applejack smells of apples. Yeah, it's just very fresh apple smell. I catch a little bit of sweet grains, which is the neutral grain spirit part. It's kind of a corn flavor. Not much alcohol burn on the nose, which is nice. Color-wise, it's uh, golden. It looks like apple juice, which wouldn't make sense, but uh, that's the best color description. It just looks like apple juice. Though it's bottled at 80 proof, it doesn't represent as high a proof in the glass when you swirl it. You don't get the really pronounced alcoholic tears weeping down the inside of the glass. So, let's taste it. Applejack is smooth. It is uh, described as an apple whiskey oftentimes, and the flavor is apple forward. A little bit of the sweet grains, but generally it's very smooth. It's nice in that you don't have a lot of the alcohol burn in the aftertaste or the swallow. Just really as you swirl it around in your mouth on their tongue, it just comes out as fresh apple flavor. Not too sweet, so it's definitely not a liqueur. It's not sweetened, but it's a nice apple. And Laird and Company has a story to tell. The history of this spirit is why I chose it for an episode that I'm going to publish on Independence Day weekend. Laird and Company is the oldest family-run distillery in America. The box I bought my bottle in says 10 generations and counting. In doing my research, I found that the ninth generation is currently at the helm. That's Lisa Laird, and she's continuing what started in 1698. That's over 300 years of family history for this true American spirit. Two decades earlier, though, in 1678, Alexander William Laird emigrated from Scotland. 
this timeline all the way back in the 1600s got me thinking of a personal point of view that I have after I became a father. I signed up with Ancestry.com and tracked the male Burchards in my family as far back as I could. I discovered that my ninth great-grandfather, Thomas Burchard, immigrated to what would become the U.S. in 1635 via Boston, Massachusetts. Thomas was 40 at the time, and he left England after losing his father and mother within a year of his voyage. Accompanying Thomas was his wife, Mary, their 14-year-old daughter, Elizabeth, a 12-year-old daughter, Marie, 10-year-old daughter, Susan, 8-year-old son, John, and a 2-year-old daughter named Hannah. And at the time, the voyage from England to North America would take at least six weeks, if not more, to cross the Atlantic via sailing ship. And for my ancestors, it was a one-way trip, akin to me taking my family to a moon colony or a Mars colony today. And personally, I can hardly comprehend the tremendous life change and bold faith in the future that it would have taken to leave your forever home and take all your worldly possessions and your family on a journey of that nature. And so, for those that went before us that helped build this country, to my ancestors and to the Lairds, I raise my glass and thanks. Because my ancestors didn't found a distillery that endures to today, I'm reviewing the Lairds. And them having been Scotch distillers back home, when they arrived in the New World, they found apples to be plentiful. They made their way to Monmouth County in New Jersey and began distilling using apples. It was just apparently for their own use, though, and not a big commercial affair yet. By 1717, the Lairds were distilling for sale. There are some records that show the distillery was located behind the Colts Neck Inn in Colts Neck, New Jersey. It was the third generation Laird, Robert Laird, who founded the distillery Laird and Company. Robert served in the Continental Army under George Washington, and famously George Washington asked Robert for his recipe before the Revolutionary War. The label on the bottle reads, Laird's Applejack was first made by William Laird in Monmouth, New Jersey in 1698. Around 1760, George Washington discovered this unique beverage, asked for and received the Laird recipe, and soon introduced Applejack to the Virginia. Virginia Colony. Robert Laird founded the Laird and Company Distillery in 1780, and he received license number one from the U.S. Department of the Treasury to distill alcoholic spirits. Licenses were issued chronologically, and thus number one comes first. This makes Laird and Company truly the oldest family-run distillers in America. The Laird family was closely related to the Colts Neck Inn. Records indicate that Applejack was a popular item. Robert Laird's accounting book from 1780 shows a price of four shillings, six pence per gallon. We didn't yet have the dollar. That was about a half day's wages at the time, and it seemed to sell quite well. In 1812, Robert's third son Samuel Laird became proprietor of the Colts Neck Inn. The family distillery did well on the site until 1849 when a fire burned the distillery to the ground. After the fire, the distillery was moved a short distance away to Scobieville, New Jersey. It's the present-day site of the company that was founded in 1851, the complex that they, they use today is 1851, so a little after the fire. But once they settled in Scobieville, production expanded. However, before I get too close to the present day, I can't discuss Applejack without mentioning Johnny Appleseed. He's referenced in relation to early apple-based alcoholic beverages, and Johnny Appleseed's given name was John Chapman. Unlike the popular image I grew up with of some vagrant wandering the Ohio Valley planting apple trees willy-nilly, John Chapman or Johnny Appleseed was actually a missionary and a nurseryman. 
He actually planted nurseries that he fenced and employed and trusted neighbors to care for young trees. The young trees were later sold, and at the time of his death, he owned over 1,200 acres of nurseries that he left to his sister. He had other properties as well, comprising more than 15,000 trees. And how Johnny Appleseed relates to Applejack is that he helped to further the cause of apple cider production, alcoholic cider in particular. Author Michael Pollan has proposed that Johnny Appleseed's apple varieties weren't really edible, but rather they were cider apples. Pollan is quoted as saying, Really, what Johnny Appleseed was doing, and the reason he was welcome in every cabin in Ohio and Indiana, was he was bringing the gift of alcohol to the frontier. So, Johnny Appleseed aside, the Lairds had Applejack well in hand before the nurserymen started planting in the late 1790s. But, invariably, Johnny Appleseed is going to come up when you're discussing Applejack and apple spirits in particular. So, had to mention him. Jumping ahead, though, into the early 1900s and the sixth generation Laird, uh, Joseph, was in charge when Prohibition became the law of the land in the U.S. To survive, the Laird shifted to applesauce, apple juice, and other apple-based products because they weren't able to distill. They must have had some connections, though, because before Prohibition was repealed, they were granted a federal license to produce apple brandy for medicinal purposes. Their license allowed them to produce a million gallons of the stuff, and they stockpiled it and when Prohibition ended, they had product they could sell immediately and it gave them an edge over other producers. They used this edge to their advantage and were able to acquire some other distilleries in the area in an effort to consolidate. And to this day, Laird & Company produces probably 90% or better of all Applejack sold in the U.S. But as the decades went on, tastes changed, and in the 70s and 80s, a lot of consumers preferred lighter spirits, vodka, gin, rum, and brown spirits fell by the wayside. The Lairds diversified, and they began producing their own vodka, gin, and other spirits to fill that market need. Uh, They also became a wine importer in the 80s, and they're also a contract blender, bottler, and shipper for other brands of distilled spirits during production at their Scobieville plant. As of 2010, Applejack was only about 5% of the company's sales, but there's been some interest in traditional spirits and classic cocktails since, and so it may have ticked up a little bit, but it's still a, a very small portion of the company's sales. But it is the heart and soul of Laird & Company. As a true American spirit, Applejack has been associated with four U.S. presidents. The first, of course, was George Washington, who got the family recipe, but also our 16th president, Abraham Lincoln, served Applejack at a tavern he owned for a while. FDR, or Franklin Delano Roosevelt, was known to favor Applejack in his Manhattans, and in 1967, Lyndon B. Johnson gave a whole case of the stuff to the Soviet premier. So how was Applejack made? As I mentioned at the beginning, Laird's Applejack is a blend of 35% apple brandy with 65% neutral grain spirit, which is corn-based. It's bottled at 80 proof, and it takes about 100 pounds of apples to make a gallon of 100 proof pure apple brandy. So if my math is right, the 750 milliliter bottle I have here took about 18 to 20 pounds of apples to make it. Apple orchards in New Jersey went by the wayside in the 1970s, so production was shifted to Virginia, where all of the apples for the product are grown, and and distillation is also done in Virginia. The Scobieville plant does do the blending, aging, and bottling of products, though. The production process that Laird's employs is pretty straightforward and rather artisanal, even though they produce at scale. They start by harvesting fresh apples in the fall in Virginia, but they harvest them by the truckload, literally truckloads of them. The apples are washed, then they're crushed, ground up, and the ground apples 
bottles are pumped into large juicing presses where the juice is extracted. The juicing presses use a reusable filter, and after they press all the juice out, the leftover pumice is dumped, and the reusable filters are reloaded with fresh crushed apples, and the process is repeated. The resulting apple juice is then filtered and transferred to large fermentation tanks. Fermentation takes place, and then the crude cider is distilled through an impressive copper pot still that feeds a multi-story copper column still. The resulting brandy is then barreled and aged in one of their warehouses. I'm not sure for how long the brandy is aged though, long enough to pick up some color from the wood and likely mellow the flavor because Applejack is smooth. Applejack as a term also has a traditional meaning with regards to how the spirit was traditionally produced. Some Applejack is said to have been produced through freeze distillation and this is a process whereby you freeze an alcoholic beverage, say a fermented cider, and when it's frozen you remove the ice that forms on top. When the product warms up, the resulting liquid has concentrated and increased in proof due to the physics of water having a higher freezing point than ethanol. And thus, fermented apple ciders were said to be jacked in this manner. Basically, freeze distillation allowed you to concentrate or proof up a spirit with no real equipment other than it being cold. A freeze distillation can yield a product as high as 80 proof, so you could get to a quality spirit. There's no reference I found, though, to Laird having produced their Applejack in this manner, and I think that William and Alexander Laird, having been Scotch whiskey distillers in Scotland, they probably always have used evaporative distillation. So how do you drink Applejack? What's it good for? Applejack, being such a traditional spirit, is referenced in a lot of old cocktail recipes. The one that is synonymous with Laird's Applejack, though, is a cocktail called the Jack Rose. It's said that the Jack Rose is to Applejack what the martini is to gin. The recipe first appeared in print in 1905, but it featured prominently in Laird advertising in the last century. It's also a simple enough drink to make. It's served up in a coupe or martini glass, calls for two ounces of Applejack, three quarters ounce of fresh lemon juice, and a half an ounce of grenadine. Shake it over ice, strain it, and serve. For me though, I really enjoy the spirit just neat. This bottle is about empty, and it has been consumed entirely neat or on the rocks. So in summary, what do I think of Laird's Applejack? I think it has been a treat. It's something I've read about first. I'd never had it before. You could overlook it easily on a back bar. It looks just like a whiskey. Uh, It doesn't have an apple on it or anything. It just is Laird's Applejack, a smooth blend. And the whiskey relationship is a good one because it does drink like a whiskey. It can substitute for whiskeys in a lot of cocktails, but being an apple brandy base, you get this fresh apple forward note that makes it really versatile, I think, and adds something to your cocktail or just your enjoyment of sipping it neat. And the history, the patriotism tied to America's oldest family-run distillery is something that, if for nothing else, try it because it is run by the same family that started it over 300 years ago. And that is impressive. So that's going to do it for this episode of Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur. I'm your host, Matt Burchard. Please subscribe and share. Show notes are on liquorandliqueurconnoisseur.com. Also, I will be posting photos on social media. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, occasionally on Twitter, but you can follow the show there. Also, you can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts. So make sure you listen to every episode. New shows come out most Fridays. And if there's a spirit you would like me to feature, please reach out. Let me know. I'm always looking forward to your feedback. And... Thank you for listening.